Today's episode of Here's the Catch is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think 49ers tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play. Work that clock to your advantage and score last minute tickets. Go, man. Tear it up, dude. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, that was sure something down in the Coliseum today. David Lombardi, Dennis Brown with you. The 49ers podcast tonight without Matt Barrows, who's flying back home from Los Angeles. But uh, Dennis and I will take you here through the next 30, 40 minutes to talk about one of the bigger 49ers wins in several years. And I think the biggest of this year for sure, just because the Los Angeles Rams are back-to-back NFC West champions. They're the defending NFC champion, and the 49ers went into their house, not only beat the Rams, they beat them by multiple possessions. It was 20-7, to but I don't think that the final score even begins to indicate how bad this beatdown was. Just physically, the 49ers took it to the Rams in such a way that they forced Jared Goff, their quarterback, into the worst game of his career, and he only averaged 1.7 yards per passing dropback. Let that run through your head. Sean McVay, this high-powered Rams offense, receivers galore, especially against the 49ers, a team that struggled to hold the Rams. They couldn't hold them under 40 points last year. Those Rams averaged only 1.7 yards every single time they dropped back to pass. So we're, we're going to break down the reasons why it was so impressive. There's a lot of numbers to go through, but Dennis... That's the one that pops out to me very first. Yeah, and and you're talking about a Rams team that, you know, first of all, an explosive team. You're talking about a Sean McVay who this team played on Thursday night. They had kind of a long week to prepare. And Sean McVay has been pretty much unbeatable if he has, you know, more time to plan for a team. You have the 49ers coming off a short week playing Monday night football. And they walk into the Coliseum, their home, the Rams' home turf. The stands looked like it was a 49ers home game. All I saw was red and gold in the stands. And other than that first series where where Malcolm Brown just kind of shredded that defense, running the ball, seven, seven run plays right off the bat, and then they score. But after that, it was nothing. And, uh, you know, uh, Jared Goff was was the scouting report. You get after him a little bit, he's going to make mistakes. He's going to throw balls in the dirt because he's going to hear those phantom uh, footsteps coming after him. So I think this was a big statement game when you talk about the uh, 49ers on defense. Consistently now, five games, they have taken over the football game. And and when you talk about uh, championship defenses, I think this 49er defense showed that tonight. You know, I think that Sean McVay respected this 49ers pass rush before he even saw it today. And I think the extra time that Sean McVay had, he had nine full days to prepare for this game because the Rams last played against the Seahawks on Thursday night. I think that extra time, that extra look at the 49ers film made Sean McVay realize that he was not going to be able to 
hang in with the 49ers by passing Jared Goff in this game. He, he was going to have to run the football, which is why we saw the Rams run seven straight times on that first drive. And they averaged eight yards a carry. They went right down the field. It was nice and creative. The 49ers obviously got punched in the face there a little bit. They weren't expecting it. But after that first drive, the 49ers only allowed 2.3 yards per play, which is absurdly low in this modern NFL. And a lot of that was because they forced Jared Goff to pass. And I think it was very clear, Dennis, that that was exactly what Sean McVay was afraid of. Because I think that the game plan, I point to one play. It was Goff's first drop back early in the game where Nick Bosa and D4 just collapsed the pocket on him. Goff got rid of it, so it wasn't a sack, but you could tell he was shook after that first play because that pocket closed so quickly. It was like just a a window, a, a sliding door slamming shut on him. And after that point, Every single drop back, there just wasn't time. And and as you said, even the ones where the 49ers didn't get to him, it seemed that Goff felt those footsteps. And I think that was Sean McVay's worst nightmare materialized after watching the film and then watching it actually happen on the Coliseum turf today. Yeah. And, you know, you look at a guy like D Ford. I mean, he's got, he doesn't, he didn't, he did not get many snaps, but when he was in there, he was very effective. And if if you get him one-on-one, with a tackle or even with the guard on the inside, if he if he does any type of games, he's going to win and he's going to get that pressure. So I like I like the way uh, Eric Armstead played. I think he's playing up to his potential, his first round potential uh, right now. And then we know what you get with with Nick Bosa. He's going to be the guy that's going to come at you. His motor's going to run one hundred percent all the time. He's going to make plays. He's a hustle guy. And I, you look at that front. I mean, you got Eric Armstead, D. Ford, Bosa. He, they're going to get after quarterbacks the entire season, and they've done it consistently. And I think that's the most important thing. Consistently, they've got the pass rush, and what a difference a year makes. The last three years, that's all we've talked about was pass rush, pressure, quarterback shedding the secondary. We didn't even hear Emmanuel Mosley's name tonight. You know, that's because the ball's coming out so fast. And and I think if this team in the third quarter, I don't know if the if the Rams even had the ball in the third quarter. I know that the box scores says something like negative 12 yards. And that's just the dominant, the, the tone setting that this defense brings to the table. Yeah, the third quarter, we go through it really quickly here. The 49ers ran three times as many plays. So it was 21 plays to the Rams, seven 49ers had 104 yards, and the Rams had negative 12, as you just said. The Rams also didn't pick up a single third-down conversion today. They were 0 for 9. It's the first time since 1988 um, that the 49ers have held an opponent to 0 for whatever on third-down conversions. That was also against the Rams back then. Uh, So that's, what, 31 years later. I mean, this was a historic performance for the 49ers. And then the Rams, averaging only 3.3 yards per play, you you go through their history, and there are thousands of games in Rams football history. I think, you know, so something like 1,500 or maybe even more. You have to go almost to the very bottom of that list, and you have to go past the modern era to find offensive performances less efficient than the one that the 49ers forced the Rams into today. So if you're wondering, you know, how often this kind of stuff happens, well, the statistics tell us that what the 49ers did today was 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 historic. And the Rams had just come off a, a game where they scored almost 30 points against the Seattle Seahawks on the road, and they would have won had they made a field goal at the, at the buzzer in that game. So um, it, it's not like this Rams offense 
was anemic heading into this game. They were anemic today against the 49ers. And if you're starting to talk about whether or not this team is for real, I think they obviously are for real, but that's where you have to start. This is a Rams team that was respected entering today, and they leave today not able, not having been able to do anything, Dennis. Yeah, and you talk about that the uh, the third down conversions, and I think you said 0 for 9 third down conversions. How about fourth down, you know, including that goal line stance? They were 0 for 4 uh, on fourth down attempts. So, you know, this defense did something special today. And, and as long as you can come in with a defense that plays like this, your margin of error on offense increases. So, you know, you got a defense that's going to keep, keep teams out the end zone, uh, ball possession, uh, turn the ball over, and he's going to give your offense more chances uh, to put points on the board. And I, I can think of maybe two touchdowns. Uh, that the 49ers lost on so you know this this with this defense it opens up so much more for your offense yeah they had to be perfect the 49ers did in in years past especially in 2017 and 2018 if they were going to win some of these games especially against you know teams on their schedule that were a little bit better than for example the team they played next week Washington who, who isn't any good but if the 49ers wanted to beat you know anybody especially a, a reigning division champion they had to be close to perfect because that defense didn't have the edge rush it would slip up and we, we saw the 49ers not reach perfection so many times in 27 and t- t- 2017 and 2018 and they would lose nail biters but today as you just said the cushion was huge and you had that drive where uh, you know Jimmy Garoppolo threw the interception to Marcus Peters from the 1 yard line in a situation where i think it was Pretty clear that the 49ers should have been running the ball, and that was a faux pas, but it didn't end up mattering. And Kyle Shanahan was able to turn it around, and a a couple possessions later, he made sure that he pounded the ball in the way he should have the first time, behind a quarterback sneak from Jimmy Garoppolo, and he atoned for that error. And then there was a turnover later where Garoppolo fumbled the ball, and the Rams returned it the other way, gave them a little bit of life, but the defense just snuffed it out. Every time that the offense slipped today, the defense was there to, to just completely extinguish any flame of hope that the Rams might have. And that's such a nice luxury to have if you're Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, and, you know, the the, the turnover in the end zone to Marcus Peters, uh, I, I would still, I, I would like to look at that again because it looked like it was a miscommunication. It looked like Debo, you know, maybe cut off the route, you know, because he was open. At first look, Jimmy turned and looked in the middle of the field and went back there and tossed the ball to a spot that George Kittle was at. But it looked like uh, Debo should have kept running on that route. But, you know, he's a quarterback. That's something he's got to kind of see out the corner of his eyes. And, you know, the the dropped touchdown by, I, I think at least by, by Marquise Goodwin earlier, uh, that was another touchdown. So, you know, on the offensive side, there's a lot that can be cleaned up, but you can do that when you have a dominating defense like the 49ers have right now. Yeah, their defense right now, I think, is playing great at all levels. Richard Sherman in his postgame press conference was uh, – I never seen anything like it from Sherman, at least in a, in a 49ers uniform. He was just there yelling the names of guys who he thinks are uh, you know underappreciated. So he started with Jaquaski Tart. And he just sat there saying, Jaquaski Tart, Jaquaski Tart, Jaquaski Tart. And then he went to Jimmy Ward and he repeated his name. And then he finished with DJ Jones. And those were the three players that he highlighted that he felt aren't getting enough love 
but have made this an awesome, you know, team-wide defensive performance because Dennis, like, you've been on a great defense. In fact, we talked about it this week. The 49ers are the number one defense right now in the NFL, according to all the efficiency metrics. They will be this week, even though the Patriots were good again this week. It's them and the Patriots ahead of everybody else. The last time the 49ers led the NFL in the DVOA advanced metrics was in 1995 when Pete Carroll was their coordinator and you were on that 1995 defense. So I think you more than anybody know that that it takes all, all 11 guys and maybe even more of the depth guys to, to be this good on that side of the ball. Yeah, and and it and like when I was playing, it was it was in '95. It was all about the pressure you can put on the quarterback because it complements your coverage on the back end. And you saw today at the end of the game when the Rams had to throw the ball, Jared Goff was everything was speeded up, and 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 DBs are able to jump routes when you know the ball is going to come out fast. And a lot of times, you know, there was no one around Jared in the fourth quarter, but he was throwing balls in the dirt because he was, like we said, he was hearing those those ghost steps. And and I think defensive backs understand that when the ball's coming out fast and everything sped, sped up a little bit, your coverage changes and you're able to jump some of the routes and, and you're, and you're, you know, you got that sticky coverage on the back end. So it all kind of complements uh, each other. And, and you've got these linebackers, these linebackers are probably the fastest, most, most athletic uh, linebackers in the National Football League. So it all kind of complements each other. Yeah, all the puzzle pieces have really fallen into place as far as the speed goes. Uh, I was just looking at the box score right now. The 49ers' two leading tacklers were Quan Alexander and Fred Warner, who are the two linebackers that you're talking about. 13 tackles combined, and it, that that's a product of the Rams not being able to do anything except for the run game and the short passing game, right? Nothing could develop downfield with that kind of pass rush, but it ju- it does make those linebackers so important because if you force the Rams into a funnel, if all they can do is the short pass game, well, you better have fast linebackers because otherwise you could still get beat, right? If it's a bunch of short passes, but your linebackers aren't fast enough, we've seen that burn the 49ers in the past, but not with these two guys. Right, and 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 what's 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 really impressive is that they're getting that pressure with four guys. I mean, your four base guys up front or put enough pressure in so you can drop that extra guy in the secondary to help out with coverage. So, you know, not not, not having that luxury that you're going to get that pressure with four guys, it helps your, your back end so much. And when you have guys like you have playmakers on the defense, you know, it, it, it helps everything all around. And then on the offensive side, you're looking at that and you get confidence. You say, listen, you know, our, our, our defense is going to ball. And they've balled for five weeks now. Now, once this offense gets all the wrinkles out and you and you find that number one receiver, and we saw some glimpse of it today. We saw Dante Pettis. He was, you know, he made some catches that that, you know, early in the year he might have dropped. You know, we saw some plays from Debo. And now you just gotta we, we know what George Kittle can do. I mean, he ate up the Rams again today. He's your number one receiver. But once one of these other guys kind of show up, this offense is gonna be unstoppable also. You're you're so right about Dante Pettis. He played the biggest that he's played so far in his career. He played like a six three guy on that opening drive where the forty nine not the opening drive, they actually punted at the very start of the game, but the touchdown drive to counter the Rams at the start. I think it was a ten play, seventy five yard drive for the forty ers I thought it was a statement because hey, we haven't even mentioned this yet. The forty ers came into this game down both starting offensive tackles and their best blocker, like, you know, Swiss Army knife kind of guy. In, in Kyle Juszczyk. So this offense on paper 
was severely shorthanded. And this was going to be a great test of Kyle Shanahan's schematic abilities. And I thought that the game plan was exactly what it needed to be. The 49ers just recognized that, hey, Aaron Donald is going to line up against our tackles, as we talked about this week. He's probably going to beat our tackles. He did beat Justin School on the first drive. But if we play within ourselves, quick release football, make our receivers step up on tough catches over the middle, we can negate this deficiency at tackle. And Shanahan schemed around it like a wizard today. And I thought that 10-play methodical 75-yard drive, the fact the 49ers had 39 minutes of possession to only 21 minutes for the Rams. I mean, the way that they just choked the Rams out of life in this football game with that plotting approach was so key. And I think Dante Pettis really helped set that tone early on with those big catches where it really seemed like he was a huge target over the middle. Yeah, and it, and 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 it was it was super impressive just kind of watching the way the offense kind of kind of ran itself today. And and yeah, they were down both tackles and you and you list and you're missing your Pro Bowl fullback. But again, you know, I'm starting to kind of understand why uh, Kyle Shanahan is given this this guru or this offensive genius kind of title because he schemed around all that, and and that's the the sign of a good a well coach and a good football team where you can kind of overcome these challenges. And, and the 49ers have always preached this next man up and they consistently kind of prove it. You know, they started with, you know, their running backs. I mean, these running backs, they run hard, they're efficient. uh, They're one cut downhill and they fit into the offense. So I think this team is starting to, to kind of believe and what Kyle, Kyle Shanahan is kind of preaching is just you run, you play within the system, you run the offense, you have your block body on body, whatever it might be, and it's going to work. And he's proved it over and over again because, you know, these injuries, you know, losing both your tackles, now you're down to your fourth and fifth tackle. Uh, and then you still, you know, you do well on offense and, and you convert third downs and you put points on the board. I think it's very impressive. And, and, you know, I think it's also a testament to the way that they built the personnel on this offense over the past three years. It's It's been, you know, I hate to use the team's motto, but it has been a brick-by-brick brick kind of building process where they haven't been able to get to this level of proficiency overnight. I mean, in 2017, we saw them lose both tackles, and it got really ugly. They were in a position where they were literally a snap away from having to play Garrett Selleck, their tight end, at tackle against Philadelphia, a game that they lost 40 to 10. That was against the eventual Super Bowl champion Eagles that year. So, I mean, it, it's it was dreary at, at one point when the 49ers were losing personnel left and right. And the injury bug has, you know, I think frowned on them again this season. They've lost important guys in almost every single game. And th- this week was the best example of that without Mike McGlinchey, without Joe Staley, without Kyle Juszczyk. But it's like a skyscraper that Kyle Shannon has built now that is, you know, built to withstand an earthquake because he's got that blocking adaptability. He's got guys, you know, use check obviously wasn't available, but he's got guys like George Kittle who can shift down and play those adaptable blocking roles. Dan Brunskill, who started at right tackle today and I thought played a really good game for the 49ers, a guy who nobody had ever heard of until this season. Well, just like Mike McGlinchey and Joe Staley, he's a former tight end, so he's got the athleticism to fit into the outside zone scheme. So, They've spent time here over the past couple years pegging the players that they want from a athletic and a, and a cerebral profile to fit into the system. And that's why it's 
you know, indestructible to a certain degree. I know you can't handle too many injuries, but the ones so far they have absorbed. And I think that's really impressive. Yeah. And, you know, every time someone goes down, people like you and I, we start talking about who's out there to get, who are you willing to trade for? I mean, who's going to who's going to be the big name guy that they that that you bring in? And uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan is always they've always said we believe in what we have in the building and they show it. You know, every time someone goes down, the next guy up gets in there and he plays well. So, you know, I, I think it's you can use that brick by brick because that's what they've done. They've done it in a draft and they've done it in their free agent and everyone they put in there, they get the opportunity. And I always say you're not you're not here to be a second guy. You're not here to be a guy to hold a clipboard. You're a guy that wants that needs to be on the field contributing to offense or defense or special teams, whatever you've been brought into. And when these guys get the opportunity, they take full advantage of it. Let's talk a little bit about Jimmy Garoppolo's performance and break it down a a little bit more today. 24 of 33, 243 yards. That's 7.4 per attempt. So across the board, that's solid. He was efficient. But Dennis, there were a couple things that, you know, make you raise your eyebrow. You said you needed to see the Marcus Peters interception again to to have a, a better gauge of that. But he also threw... A, a, a ball to a linebacker for the Rams that probably could have been a pick six that was dropped. And then there was the fumble later on. So it, it seems to me that Jimmy is solid for very long stretches, but he gets a, a you know, wild hair up his nose. Um, and that's kind of becoming his, his MO. There are a couple plays that could be very damaging that sometimes do go against him. But so far this year, the 49ers have been able to overcome them because their defense is so. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I, I think, because he has that defense, he, he's got a good run game. Uh, I, I think he's been good. And and I know people hate hearing uh, game manager, but I think he's been a great game manager. And and I think I mean, he made some, some good throws. He had a throw, just like a quick throw to Debo for a first down. Uh, he did have those have that pick and that fumble. That fumble was just Aaron Donald, you know, being Aaron Donald, making plays. So, he has to protect the ball. But I think overall, if you look at a Jimmy Garoppolo, you you got to be happy with him. I mean, he is he didn't throw the ball downfield. The one, you know, he had the ball that went to Marquise Goodwin that he dropped. Probably should have been a touchdown. That was a nice thrown ball, a little behind him, but on that flea flicker. But it was a good thrown ball. Should have been caught. I think he's good. I think he's doing fine. I think he's got to clean up a few things, but I think he he looks comfortable when he's in the pocket. He doesn't have happy feet. He doesn't throw off his back foot. He gets the ball out quick. Uh, and, and at this point, you know, he's going to throw a pick. It seems like he's going to throw a pick. And he didn't throw a pick last week, but it looks like he's going to throw a pick. That pick six, pick six could have changed the game, uh, but, but it didn't happen. So I think Jimmy Garoppolo right now, he's managing the offense well. He, I think he's, he understands the offense. And when it was time to throw the ball, down the field or, or or get that conversion, he's got his man George Kittle. And George Kittle's always going to make him look good because he's, he's going to get those yards after the catch. So, again, I just think the and as far as the receivers go, I'm still waiting for that guy to kind of stand up and say, hey, I'm your, your number one receiver. But until then, I think he's doing a very efficient job. He's effective when he's out there. He looks like he controls the huddle. I think he puts the team in position to be successful. He hasn't made any big, huge mistakes, uh, and he just looks very comfortable. So I think for right now, I mean, he's good. He's good for me, and because he hasn't lost any football games for the 49ers, he's done what he was supposed, what he's supposed to do. 
Speaking of George Kittle, you can tell me if you have a different opinion here, Dennis, but I thought that the play where he caught the ball and, you know, just carried about five or six defenders with him and pulled over people all the way to the three-yard line or whatever it was. I mean, the 49ers didn't score there because the, the pick happened right after that, but I thought that the Rams lost any real interest of playing that football game after that play. I thought that was the moment where the 49ers asserted themselves. It was a tie game, 7-7 at the time, and although it, it would be tied for a little bit after that because of the turnover, it, it, to me, the 49ers were not losing after George Kittle did that. I thought that that really fired everybody up and really deflated the Rams, too. I think it really set the tone that the 49ers were going to be the bullies today. Yeah, and you know what? George Kittle plays like he's a bully. I mean, when he gets in that secondary and he's got a ball in his hands, it's like a man playing against little little kids because, you know, he he's going to make you miss, first of all. Then he's just going to run you over. He's going to carry you. And when you play against a George Kittle and you're a defensive back, there's no arm tackling. You, I mean, you got to wrap this guy up and you got to bring him down. You got to be physical. And I think George Kittle understands that these DBs in the NFL aren't really trying to be that physical. They're not trying to put that hit on you. So he understands that he's going to try to run through you. And that, that play that you're talking about, if I remember correctly, he, at the end of that play, when he ended up on like the two-yard line, he was carrying maybe three uh, Rams defenders. Uh, and Marquise Goodwin was standing out there trying to kind of figure out when he's going to go down, if he was going to score or not. But he is a guy, he runs like a bully, and he plays against the sec- secondaries like he is a bully. And he's going to try to run you over. And and like I said, he's he's a guy, you get the ball in his hands, and he's going to get that yak, those, those yards after catch. He's going to get them for you, and he's going to fight, and he is going to make it happen for you. And if you look back to 2017, to the, you know the initial seeds of this, George Kittle made a few big catches before Jimmy Garoppolo showed up, but he really took off and turned into one of the most efficient tight ends, if not the most efficient. I think it was him and Gronk in December of 2017, if you looked at the yards per route run. He, he really just blew up when Jimmy took over as quarterback. So I think it's really clear that those two have an amazing rapport and and Jimmy Garoppolo knows where George Kittle is in big situations, which is why you saw eight catches, 103 yards, and every single one of those catches, every single one of those yards seemed big today. There was no garbage yardage from George Kittle. And and that's because he's on that page with his quarterback and and Dante Pettis was on, on you know, the the right page with Jimmy Garoppolo today. Matt Breida, four catches, 27 yards. But boy, those were big yards, big catches to move the chains at the right time. I could go down to, to even uh, Kendrick Bourne. He had only one catch. It was only an 11-yard c- completion. That came on a huge third down in that third quarter where they just sucked the life out of the Rams. So, it, you know, yeah, they don't have a number one wide receiver, but they're making up for it right now through Kittle and through, you know, timely contributions from the other guys who seem to be developing that rapport with Jimmy. Yeah, and I think that 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 gets better over time. Uh, and, you know, when you talk about George Kittle, I mean, he had a rapport with, with Mullins and C.J. Beathard last, his record season uh, last season. So, I mean, he, he is just a good football player, and, and the 49ers need to kind of rely on him he is the safety blanket or the or 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 he's a guy you're going to go to when you need those tough yards but you still need that threat that down the, that that perimeter threat and and I think it's in the house and I, I think the 49ers believe it these guys just have to show up I mean you know Marcus 
or uh, uh, Debo is a guy who runs. I mean, Hurts not back yet, but Debo's a young receiver. He's got a lot to learn. Dante's a guy I think that he can be that guy. Uh, and Marquise, good one. I mean, he's the fastest guy in the NFL. I mean, he's a guy that's got to keep keep DBs kind of kind of honest and and have have him kind of make DBs respect his speed and not get behind him, and it's going to open it up for everybody. How about Levine Toilolo? We're not used to oh, seeing great him game. in the passing yeah. game. But yeah, but he, I mean, great blocking game, obviously. he He's the guy they leaned on, I think, to help the tackles a lot. But the shovel pass from Jimmy, that was a big play in this game. I think that also was in the third quarter. Garoppolo rolls left, shovel pass forward to Toilolo, and he just was a bowling ball working his way down that field. It was only an eight-yard gain, but that was a big eight yards. Yeah, and I mean he's a big man. What is he about six seven, six eight? You know, yeah, he's got, yeah, six eight. Yeah, and he's got some he's got some mass to him. So again, next guy up. You know, it, it, you know we say next guy up, but in the NFL it's opportunity. And and every time you're on the field, you're building your resume. And a guy like him, other teams are seeing that. Oh, this guy's got some hands, and he runs with some authority. So you're always building your resume in the NFL when you're on the field. Well, the 49ers are building their resume as a team right now, so why don't we zoom out and just take a look at the big picture here. They're obviously 5-0, first place in the NFC West, first place in the NFC, so you know this now becomes a matter of trying to punch a playoff berth. If the 49ers keep on stacking wins upon wins, the playoff berth will be here sooner than you know, and I think after this start, it's completely realistic to be talking about what they can do moving forward, especially since the schedule eases up next week. They travel to the East Coast, so yes, it is a 10 a.m. Pacific time start. That could always be tricky, but it's against the Washington team. They just fired their coach, so that that's, you know, <laughs> you got to think that's going to be a winnable game. And then after that, the 49ers come back home for a game against the, the Carolina team that is playing much better now. They just beat the Buccaneers in London today. But after that, it's a trip to Arizona. That That's the last place team in, in the NFC West. So two out of the next three games, you have to think, both of the road games, Dennis, are games the 49ers should win handily. Um, I know you can always slip up in the NFL, but if they take care of business, they should they should win those games. And and, and the tougher one they have at home. So we're looking at an opportunity for, for 8-0 here for the 49ers. And uh, I'm, I don't think I'm being too optimistic to bring that up right now because they're going to be favored in all three of these next games. Yeah, I mean, as long as you're playing defense the way the 49ers, 49ers are playing defense, you know, I mean, you always have an opportunity to go out and win every game. Now, the key is not to get complacent now, not not to say, okay, we have arrived. I mean, you, you are going on the road. You're on the East Coast. You're starting earlier. But you have to play the same way. You can't come out and play like the first series you did against the Rams. You have to go out and play to your strength. And your strength now is getting after quarterbacks making teams one-dimensional. But you're right. I mean, when you talk about, you look at this defense, and, and I think, in my opinion, the Rams are the best team that the 49ers have played uh, this season. And you went in there and you shut them down. Now, you keep that same attitude and you understand kind of where you have to get better. Uh, and you go out and just play what you're given. I mean, on the defensive side. The defensive side, your game starts with your guys up front. And you get after quarterbacks. on And, and offense... You you have a run game. You have the best run game in the National Football League, and you rely on that. And then you set everything up through that for your your play action pass down the field. So you just stick to the system, believe in it, and play the way that you've been playing. And then you have an opportunity, but you have to go out and do it every single uh, game, especially when you go on the road. 
I think you're exactly right talking about the system because that's what's allowed the 49ers to overcome the key injuries at those tackle spots and, and, and to use check. They, they haven't panicked when, you know, one or even both sides of their offensive line have, have faced newcomers because, because of those injuries, they've maintained the play through the system. And that goes back to the personnel. They've done a good job of, of stalking this team to absorb the injuries. They're much deeper than they were before. And, and it's all really culminating now for the 49ers in, in a product that uh, they can obviously be really proud of at five and Oh, and they, you know, let's just keep this in perspective. They walked into the Coliseum facing the NFC champions, the defending NFC champions, and they just absolutely throttled them today. Again, the final score does not indicate how mismatched this game was. And, you know, it goes to the time of possession. It goes to the fact they ran 76 plays and the Rams ran only 50. I mean, up and down this box score, you see the fact that the 49ers manhandled the Rams. Now it's about cleaning up the mistakes. And, and I'm guessing that's what you're looking for next week, right, Dennis? I mean, yes, they could continue playing within the system, but also I think the 49ers, if, if they clean up some of these drops, some of the interceptions, that's something that you really need to get in order before the Seahawks come to town on Monday night, November 11th. Yeah, and, and guarantee the Redskins will look at that first drive and they'll try to figure out how to, you know, with that wide nine, if there's going to be run lanes, uh, to run the ball against the 49ers. And also, you know, we forget this is kind of a, a little bit of a homecoming for Kyle Shanahan. You know, he's he's going back to the Redskins, and I'm, I'm sure there's no love loss between him and Snyder. So he, he's going to want to try, you know, to impress him or get after get after the Redskins. But you gotta you have to make sure that you're on task. And, and like I said, you play to your strengths and you understand what you do and what you do well and stick to it. Yeah, the next three weeks are actually super interesting between Shanahan going back to Washington, which obviously ended super unceremoniously last week, and then you have the game that Shanahan debuted with as the 49ers coach, and they got killed by the Panthers at Levi Stadium. So that's an opportunity for a full circle moment to see just how far this whole thing has come. And then uh, yeah, I can't wait for the Arizona game just because that's going to be the, the Cliff Kingsbury-Kyler Murray game. and. Uh, you know, a chance to see that spread offense. And you you talk about Shanahan being on the cutting edge of offenses. Well, I think the jury's still out about Arizona to see if that's going to work. But we're going to have a lot of fun football. And then that's all going to be culminated by the Seahawks coming in on November 11th, Monday night, Levi Stadium. And I think that, you know, this season is kind of building up toward that crescendo. And maybe that rivalry is going to come back this year for NFC West supremacy. But uh, either way, boy, a lot to break down tonight. Defense was awesome. Offense was great. And I guess we, we also do have to mention that Robbie Gold missed another field goal today. That's the, that's the only re- real thing I could think of right now where uh, the 49ers might be a, a little bit concerned, right, moving forward because this guy kicked so well last year, then he held out this offseason and um, you know d- didn't sign the deal until uh, late in the game right before training camp. And now, now he's missed what four kicks in in two games for the 49ers, five, maybe five on the season. I, I almost lost count because I'm just not used to this from Robbie Gold. And once the games start getting closer, that's something the 49ers are, are going to need to be, have fixed. Yeah, and and you have to figure out your, your long snapper situation, your holder situation, and Robbie's just got to be better. I mean, this was today was a long field goal that he that he missed, but he's he's made those in the past, so. You know, as you talk about things like the Seahawks, I mean, that that may come down to a field goal. 
because the teams are so evenly matched up. So that's something you got to figure out. I, I don't know if it's if if it's between his ears now, or if it's if it's the holder, or if it's the kicker, or if it's the uh, the long snapper. But you got to figure it out, and you got to figure it out fast. Awesome. Well, we're going to be talking a lot more about this 49ers performance and what it means moving forward this week. So be sure to tune into the Here's the Catch podcast in just a few days. We'll have another guest from Levi Stadium and 49ers HQ for you. But once again, 49ers plow over the Rams on the road. They're now five and zero. Best record in the NFL, or I guess not technically. The Patriots are 6-0, and but the 49ers are one of two undefeated teams left. So make sure to stick around this podcast to, to hear more about it. For Dennis Brown and Matt Barrows, who's not with us this time, but will be with us later this week, I'm David Lombardi. Thank you for listening to our post-game show, 49ers 20, the Rams 7. For more weekly 49ers content and player interviews, visit theathletic.com slash here's the catch.